rewatch this episode two. Two. Oh. Mm-hmm. Take one. Hi. Welcome to Rewatch This, where we have first takes, hot takes, and the occasional double take. I'm Jason. And I'm Addie. What exactly is Rewatch This? Well, have you ever watched something amazing, but you couldn't talk to anyone about it because none of your friends have watched it yet? So then you keep pressuring them until they do? Which is how we ended up here. Again, remind me, how did we end up here? How do we start this podcast? (laughs) Probably out of the boredom of the pandemic. We created kind of like a movie list in our friend group. How this came up is basically we started listing things that we haven't watched yet, but we felt we should. Yeah. film students well as film people people no as film lovers as movie goers no what is a good one (laughs) as film enthusiasts true thus airbender came up and revealed that i never watched it yeah and i attacked you relentlessly asking you why why you haven't Mm-hmm. We should just go watch those episodes, shouldn't we? We should probably get started. But before we talk about our thoughts, we're going to summarize the episodes that we watched. Which means there will be spoilers. So unless you like spoilers, this is your final warning. Chapter 3, The Southern Air Temple. Addy, care to take us inside the episode? Yeah. Aang is eager to show Sokka and Katara his home at the Southern Air Temple, but finds it strangely abandoned and desolate. The Southern Air Temple is at the peak of a mountain hidden in the clouds. He tells stories about his airbending teacher, Monk Gyatso. Monk Gyatso is an older airbending master who has a long white mustache and a big capacity for fun. The gang finds statues of the Avatar's past lives and Aang names his previous incarnation, Avatar Roku, a firebender. Aang chases a flying lemur and stumbles upon the remains of Monk Gyatso, Amongst a pile of firebender skeletons, he becomes enraged and loses control. Sokka and Katara comfort Aang by saying they are his family now, calming him. Meanwhile, Prince Zuko and General Iroh dock to repair their ship, only to be interrogated by Commander Zhao. Commander Zhao is another Fire Nation douche, but with sideburns. <laughs> Zhao realizes that the Avatar has returned and wants to hunt Aang for himself. Zuko challenges his right by Agni Kai. They duel, Zuko wins, and Zhao dishonors himself in the fight. The episode ends with Aang, Sokka, and Katara leaving the air temple with Momo, the new pet lemur. Chapter 4. The Warriors of Kyoshi. Jason, take it away. Aang brings everyone to Kyoshi Island so he can ride a big giant koi but is scared out of the water by a beast known as the Unagi, an even gianter eel with sharp teeth, water-spewing abilities, and hunger for human flesh. After, they are all captured by a mysterious group called the Kyoshi Warriors, later revealed to be composed of all women. The Kyoshi Warriors wear painted face masks and fight with fans. Aang reveals that he is the incarnation of the founder of the island, Avatar Kyoshi. Whoops, they get released. The village celebrates the arrival of the Avatar instead. On the island, Aang flirts, Katara is being responsible, and Sokka continues to be sexist. But at least he asked the Kyoshi Warriors leader, Suki, for lessons on fighting. Word of the Avatar's location spreads quickly, alerting Zuko to Aang's whereabouts. Soon, Zuko and his army launch an attack on Kyoshi Island, burning whatever they can. Aang realizes that where he goes, Zuko will follow. 
So he and the gang depart, but not before Suki kisses Sokka on the cheek. Just before escaping, Aang wrangles the Unagi and saves the village from being burned to ruins. All right. What <sighs> happened there? <laughs> Our characters went through a lot. They sure did. Well, let's do a check-in. What do you think of the story so far? How do I put this? So fun, but at the same time, heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really love finding out the little tidbits about each character. Yeah. And we're only in episodes three and four now. And there's still so much to learn. I really loved seeing a little glance into the past when we visit the air temple. And it was heartbreaking how it was before and how it is now. I am really happy with the character development so early on for Aang and Sokka. Probably we'll go into that later. <laughs> yep. But the most interesting thing is like the depth of characters is that no one is totally good or totally evil. It's not like black and white. Mm -hmm. And I loved learning about Zuko's past, about how he's like a banished prince. And I'm really wondering what happened in that last duel. Why was he dueling? And that's where I'm guessing his scar came from. All fantastic questions and thoughts. Mm-hmm. Oh, one more thing. We got to learn about the Avatar cycle. So yeah, it goes from air, water, earth, then fire, which means in his previous life, Aang was a firebender. <laughs> Hence the incarnation before him, Avatar Roku, which he name drops in the episode. Yeah. Well, I have a lot more thoughts later that we can talk about, but what about you? Well, just like episodes one and two, it's really fun to revisit these characters and situations again for the first time. And also just as, if not even more so, heartbreaking considering how much more life I've lived. Mm. That being said, I want to ask you more specifically, what do you think of the setting, the Southern Air Temple? Very fitting, since it's in a high mountain hidden by the clouds. The remains of it is pretty sad when you see the flashbacks of what it was. Yeah, there's a lot of life. Yeah and living there it seemed like there were more greenery and now it's just everything's dead it's yeah when we arrive there now with ang Katara, and sokka it's like ash there's just like a lot of like gray color tones and it's just very aged you know yeah and it seemed like no one has lived there for a hundred years we saw how confident ang was like there's no way anyone but an airbender could get here right yeah. And somehow the Fire Nation did. The more positive parts of my experience of the Air Temple was that I liked introduction to Airball. It made me think about Quidditch in Harry Potter <laughs> and made me wonder what other sports are in this world. And does each nation have their own game based on their elements? And that's a good question. Yeah, because I really appreciate when there's so much attention to the world building that these creators yeah. put in there. and It makes everything feel a little more lived in and Yeah, the real. details matters and that's what brings things to life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, with Harry Potter, Quidditch had its own lore too, eventually. Yeah. But anyway, I really loved that and I really loved the design of the door that they had to use to get into the temple and Aang had to airbend and basically it makes the interlocking parts of the door unlock and yeah only an airbender would be able to enter so it really makes me wonder how the fire nation got in yeah like arrived at all 
So do you remember how you felt seeing the temple? Did you have a bad feeling about what they were about to find? Or more like Aang being hopeful and naive? Okay, so I don't know if I remember feeling too bad or too good about it. Mm -hmm. Probably a little bit of bad. Like maybe there was a trap waiting for them or something. Mm. You know, it was empty and suspicious looking. There was one thing I knew for sure, though, was Aang was in denial. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Like, there was just no hiding or shying away from that. But the feeling that I had most was probably in awe. I was just very, like, impressed with the temple. It being in, you know, so high up in the mountains and hidden in the clouds was just, like, such a cool detail and definitely, like, yeah, an airbender. Airbenders lived here. You know, it made sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just love learning more about the world, learning more about where Aang came from and that history and stuff like that. That being said, what are your thoughts on the literal genocide of the airbenders? Brutal. (laughs) (laughs) It was something that we must have considered since knowing Aang was missing for 100 years, that maybe just everyone he knew passed away because of old age or whatever, but not this. I didn't expect a genocide, and obviously neither did he. It seems like Monk Gyatso tried to hold his own until he was overpowered. Yeah, what Uh, a badass. Like There were so many firebenders around him. Yeah, he definitely did not leave without taking out some of them. Definitely. This whole situation made me think of Gimli the Dwarf from Lord of the Rings when he discovered the ruins of Moria. But listeners, if you know, you know. But Jason doesn't know because he's never watched Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. For me, Mm -hmm. when I watched it again, I just want to say, as a 12-year-old, genocide was not in my vocabulary. So seeing this when I was 12, yes, it was sad, but I didn't think more than that. Mm -hmm. now as an adult this is just so heartbreaking and so like it's just so unbearable you know like i can't imagine being ang the last of his people all that culture all like the like you were talking about like the nature the greenery surrounding Mm -hmm. the temple all that was gone their culture the air ball nobody can play that anymore except ang all the animals all the animals like it's just it's just so sad it's all gone it's literally erased you know as an adult i like thought about it and i literally like i said earlier it's like it's so unbearable i don't know how i didn't catch that as a kid but now it's just like holy shit this is fucked up (laughs) it's different this time when we see ang's avatar mode turn on yeah just a quick question when he is in that avatar mode does he lose full control or does he remember what he does in that state it seems like in the show he remembers he just has zero control of his bending abilities and it seems like so far we've seen it activate when he is in mortal danger right Mm -hmm. and in this case emotional duress yeah those are the two times that we've seen it well i hope he can kind of get that in control soon yeah (laughs) it would be real nice to have a literal power up whenever you can pull it out moving on what are your thoughts on commander zhao zaddy wow i'm just kidding but he does have a nice body for his age (laughs) 
In all seriousness, he's a selfish man-child trying to steal the hunt from Zuko, who's pretty much a kid. Later, we learn he's unable to accept defeat, which is just the worst trait in a leader. So those are my thoughts. Kind of sucks. So I don't know about you, but those scenes in the Fire Nation when Zhao was talking to Zuko, like Mm -hmm. you were saying, like he was basically interrogating this child, literal teenager. Yeah. They were super dramatic. I don't remember them being so intense. Like to me, I was watching like an episode of Game of Thrones in that tent. You know what I mean? Mm. It was just so tense. I mean, no surprise. Fire Nation be overly dramatic about things. Yeah. And it started shady when they first lied to Commander Zhao about why they were needing a repair (laughs) for their ship. And then Zhao was like one step ahead to interrogate the crew about the truth. So just shady on both sides. I feel like everyone wants their own. Yeah. And maybe that's the culture of Fire Nation. That it's a dog-eat-dog type of yeah, world. Yeah, that's a good point. Instead good of point. all the other nations, maybe they'll like stick with each other and mm-hmm. fight against the enemy. But even within Fire Nation, they have a lot of tension and distrust between each other. So that's what I got from the scenes with Zuko and Zhao. But it was fun to see them sniping back and forth against each other because that's how we got to learn more about Zuko and why he's where he's at. And I'm very curious about his past. As am I. Yeah, right. You already know. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about the duel between Zuko and Zhao? Was it as cool as you remember? Yes, 100% definitely as cool as I remember. I tried to contain myself. (laughs) from yelling Agni Kai when Zuko challenged him (laughs) because I was just so excited. (laughs) I'm very happy for you that it still landed after all these years. I had no idea what it was before. I know what it is now. And just like knowing that Zuko challenged him to Agni Kai, everything about it was just perfect. The mood, the drama, the choreography, how good it looked like the animation was. Yeah. And the music. Oh my God. It just gets me excited literally every time. I was so excited after I watched that the first time, I literally changed my mind. I didn't want to be your airbender anymore. I was like, definitely fire is the coolest element. It was definitely very cool. First time seeing firebending used against each other in a fight. Yes. No offense. But the music reminds me of most fire and lava levels in video games. That's okay, because it worked for me. Yeah, it's always some (laughs) sort of heavy drum beats, plucking of a string instrument. But it was a very, very awesome fight scene. It seems at some point Zuko used air to extinguish Zhao's fire, and that gained him an upper hand. Not sure if I saw that correctly, though, but it made me raise an eyebrow because of the use of air. I also was surprised when Zuko decided not to land the final blow on Zhao, even though he could have. Maybe he's not purely evil after all? Zhao, on the other hand, was a complete disappointment. Shame on him for trying to attack someone from behind after defeat. And he's so much older, too. As as Uncle Iroh says, even in banishment, Zuko has more honor than Zhao. Oh, and I remember when Zuko asked his uncle if he was being, oh, if, if he was, he was telling serious. the truth. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I love tea. And <laughs> I saw that Zuko has had a little secret smile. Oh, approval. We love to see that. <laughs> Moving on to chapter four, 
what are your thoughts on the very cool looking Kyoshi Warriors? So freaking badass. Yeah. I love their outfits. I love the fans that they were using and the makeup. It's really, really cool. So striking, right? Mm -hmm. they, 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 they stick out so much and it's great. Yeah, they're so sassy and I love that. They're uh, obviously super proud to be women warriors and the men on the island highly respect them too. Mm -hmm. The island was also founded by Avatar Kiyoshi, who is a woman. So that totally makes sense. Suki, who's one of the Kiyoshi warriors. Their leader, in fact. Uh, it was someone who finally put Sokka in his place. So yes. in this episode, Sokka really went hard with sexism. He just couldn't get over the fact that yeah. <laughs> women took him down. But before that, there was a scene where Katara was helping Sokka sew up his pants. And Sokka made a remark saying, oh, you know, men are good at hunting and women are basically supposed to sew. And that was a rough. Yeah, that's one of the things I didn't remember. It was like very explicit. His sexism was like very explicit. So Suki at first didn't like Sokka, understandably. But eventually she realizes that deep down he's not such a terrible guy. Just misled. Yeah, and, and Suki had like this really great line at the end of the episode. Where, okay, well Sokka says, I shouldn't have treated you like a girl when you were a warrior. And Suki basically says, I'm both. I, I, I'm like amazed at how good that line is. I wouldn't have expected less from Suki. Honestly, yeah. It's fantastic. It's yeah. it's perfect. She really makes you fall like love her this episode. She's great. I love her. So I talked a lot about Sokka and his sexism. Right. Did that resonate with you at all as a kid? You know, I think it did. Uh, not saying that I ever felt as sexist towards people, but I'm, you know, I'm probably not a perfect person either. Mm -hmm. But this episode being so explicit about sexism is like, it reassured me that I was correct. That like definitely the way Sokka was behaving is wrong. And like I said, it just made me feel good about myself that like, ah, yes, I am on the right side of this issue. This You're on the right be track. an issue, you know? Well... I hope that that resonated with more boys. <laughs> that being said, what were your thoughts seeing the Kyoshi Warriors again? They were and continue to be, as you say, badass. Oh, yeah. They're just so cool. Like, they're putting up a fight with people who can bend elements. That's impressive, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't know, back down during... They did not. They, they fought to defend their village. Mm -hmm. um, my appreciation for them has definitely grown the more I learn about them particularly last year I read a novel focusing on Avatar Kyoshi actually oh. by FCE I think it's a great young adult novel and I'll probably talk about it some more and what I learned during this pod mm -hmm. but for now just know that it's great <laughs> I hope they come back me too I mean these character designs are so Great. It would be such a waste to have them not come back, right? I sense sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> so in the summary earlier, you mentioned that Katara was being responsible. Yes. Were you on Aang's or Katara's side when it came to him 
being distracted and having fun with the villagers, flirting versus Katara being kind of the unfun one prepping for their eventual departure. <laughs> uh, okay, oh, well. This is if you had an opinion as a kid versus your rewatch. Versus now? Okay. Well, since I was a young boy, I was probably in angst corner at that age. Like if I'm just being 100%, I'd be like, what's, you know, I just want to have fun and hang out. And I don't want to think about like the story at large. <laughs> yeah, the problems. I, I don't care about responsibility. Who cares? Though I don't think I ever saw Katara as unfun. Okay. Um, Probably because I saw two scenes ago that Zuko does know where he is and is coming. <laughs> but <laughs> now as an adult, yeah, she's right, 100%. Like, hello, get me to the North Pole. We got to learn some waterbending, dude. Yeah, like Aang can't be the only one to fight whenever there's a problem. Yeah. So. It's safe to say that I think Aang learned his lesson this episode. Yeah, that was another character development of Aang this time, where he admitted in the end to Katara that he should have listened to her. Let's hope Aang continues to listen to Katara. Mm-hmm. So when Aang revealed himself to be the Avatar, the village literally did a 180 and like instead of imprisoning them, they actually celebrated his arrival of the island. Yeah. And there was this foamy mouth guy. Oh. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on the villagers' reaction to the Avatar? Well, since you mentioned the foamy mouth guy... That was extreme. I didn't really know <laughs> what this to... is. Come on, this is the avatar we're talking about. I don't know, like, foamy mouth. Oh it's a God. little much. I mean, maybe he was a big fan. I'm not really sure. I hope he's all right. He's we never really fine. find out <laughs> if he's okay <laughs> we, after. We kind of have zero afters. Well, just know that he's probably doing great because. People cashed in on that meme a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. What is this meme? You use it whenever something equivalent to the avatar showing up. <laughs> oh, is this kind of used throughout any general context? Like if someone didn't watch Avatar like me, would they still be able to enjoy this meme? I think you've probably scrolled by it before, but... Maybe... It was such a quick moment, too. I know. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was funny. I, I also think it's hilarious. Well, uh, but my more serious answer is <laughs> that this really shows how much the Avatar means to the rest of the world, which makes so much sense about why he's such a huge threat to the Fire Nation, because he'll have the power to unite all the nations to go against the Fire Nation, I'm assuming. So we got to kill Aang. <laughs> is <laughs> He's a big deal. Their main goal. Now that we reached the end of the episodes, any characters stick out to you? Anything speak to you? Mm -hmm. Something that you learned about a certain character or maybe you like someone more? Maybe you like someone less? Well, we talked about Sokka a lot. And like I said, he made a lot of progress, which gives me hope for his character and long story short, I like Sokka more. Good. And 
actually Zuko oh. was most intriguing this time around. Really? Uh, we got to learn about his mysterious past. He has a reason for why he's going after Aang, even though it's probably toxic masculinity again. <laughs> Yeah. It gives his character depth, and I appreciate it when a villain has depth and a good origin story. So yeah, I'm really curious about what happened, and I'm, again, really surprised that he spared Zhao in the duel, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen with his character. Right. He's also really buff. Yeah. <laughs> but not as buff as Zhao. True. Well, at this point, I wanted to share... Uh, some little tidbits, like whatever behind the scenes I can find, or maybe even lore from the world of the show, whatever things I can think of that will help Addy appreciate the show a little bit more. Ooh, very excited to hear what you have to say. Let's talk about Commander Zhao. Commander Zhao is voiced by Jason Isaacs. What? Do you know who that is? No. <laughs> <laughs> well let me help you jog your memory okay he plays the father of a certain blonde-haired villain in a magic world draco wait but his dad yep so so jason isaacs plays lucius malfoy in the harry potter films okay and uh actually what the heck that's so weird okay that's gonna really I know trip me up when I see Zhao. That I've been saving that I've been saving that for a long time. You have no idea. Oh no, this is very conflicting imagery. Wait, was this before or after Harry Potter? This is after Harry Potter. So he's already been Yes. Weird. Okay. Actually, when Mike wrote the character, Mike Michael DiMartino, one of the creators of the show. Mm-hmm. When he wrote the character, he was actually inspired by Jason Isaac's villainous performance as the British colonel in The Patriot and also Lucius Malfoy. But they're like, no way they're going to get Jason Isaacs, right? And then Jason Isaacs decided to do it. That's so cool. (laughs) Right? It's so cool that he accepted that role. I know. And I think it's perfect. Yeah. I was holding on to that tidbit (laughs) for so long. You have no idea. Oh my so like gosh. E- like when you called him Zaddy, I was like, you were gonna regret that. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Anyway, continuing up with our fire theme, Agni Kai. Agni Kai is actually a centuries-old traditional Fire Nation duel. It's used to resolve conflicts, usually held at sunset. It's very specific. Hence, it was held at sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Does it actually mean something? Yes, actually, Agni Kai is made up of two real words. The Sanskrit term Agni, which means both fire and deity, and the Japanese word for Kai, meaning meeting. So fire meeting. Oh, wow. (laughs) Very straightforward. I like it. Yes. It's usually, Agni Kai is usually a last resort when a dispute cannot, like literally cannot be resolved. Mm. Um, The outcome of the duel affects the person's honor. The winner is automatically the winner of the dispute. An Agni Kai usually ends when one participant burns the other. Okay, so it's not like fight to the death. Uh, usually not. Ooh. Last one for today. Monk Gyatso, Aang's airbending teacher and friend. According to Aang, 
in the episode, he was the greatest airbender alive. So Monk Gyatso is actually named after the 14th Dalai Lama, Tenzin Gyatso. Oh, wow. What a cute trivia. Isn't it? I like that they keep with the theme of Asian cultures and traditions, even drawing inspiration from the names, which is really nice. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. Can't wait to find out more on the next episode. Speaking of next episode, what do you think is going to happen next episode? Hopefully we move on to the next temple because episode three was the air temple. Yeah. And then we go to Kiyoshi. So we skip that episode. Maybe following the Avatar cycle order, Water Temple is next. If that's the case, then we can see Katara train and improve upon her bending skills. But part of me is also like, maybe it's too soon for them to get to the Water Temple. (laughs) I love where your head's at. I don't know. You're thinking a lot. And it shows. (laughs) Yes, but anyway, I just want to see a new place, which they're leaving Kyoshi. So I'm predicting something cool is coming up for us. As it should. And with that, that's a wrap on episode two. If you had as much fun as we did, please support us by rating and subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can reach us at rewatchthispod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at rewatchthispod. Thanks to our producer, Calvin, for all your help. And thank you for listening in and joining us on Addy's journey through the world of Avatar The Last Airbender. We hope you can join us next time when we cover chapters five and six. Until then, that's Jason. That's Addie. And this has been Rewatch This. <laughs> <laughs>